Welcome to the Psychology of Success. I'm Caden Terry, and each week I help young hustlers actualize their infinite potential by featuring interviews with world-class leaders in business, sports, and health. Now let's get into the Psychology of Success. Today, we're excited to introduce you to Some Athletic Club, a premier fitness facility located in the heart of St. George, Utah. Some Athletic Club is not your typical gym. With state-of-the-art equipment, a wide range of classes and amenities, like an indoor pool, sauna, and hot tub, it's a place where you can not only achieve your fitness goals, but also unwind after a long day. For Psychology of Success listeners, Some Athletic Club is offering a special. Instead of the normal $100 sign-up fee, tell them that I sent you, and they will drop the price down to $25. I want to thank Some Athletic Club for being a sponsor of the psychology of success all right welcome back to the podcast i'm super stoked today um, it's going to be a special episode because uh, we get to dive into my story today and kind of go more into the details um, but before we do that i wanted to introduce my partner with the podcast jackson turley how's it going bro what's up doing yeah. pretty good Dude, it's so stoked to have you on the team so let's start off by kind of maybe letting the listeners know more about you and what you have going on yeah, man. So not a whole lot, honestly, just been kind of doing a bunch of business stuff, hanging out around you. We started this podcast, kind of helping you to hopefully take it to the next level, next season two. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been working with Bin Blasters, a little trash can cleaning service that we've been kind of tackling head on. What else do we have going on? Just went up to Salt Lake yesterday and f- bought a couple cars that we're going to go flip. So if you guys are in the car market, um, hit us up. Once you hear the podcast, we've got a couple nice cars that we're gonna be flipping um mm-hmm. got some graphic design I mean, just everything i guess like mm-hmm. everything and nothing at the same time i guess so yeah yeah man there's a lot yeah it's good to be on the pod yeah and so that's exactly what we're focusing on so this is season two i've done 32 episodes up to this point and with this new season we're really going all in you know jackson is doing all of our graphics and we have Sean here who's helping us produce it here in the studio which is awesome big shout out to him in a podcast studio So it's going to be really fun because I think we're going to be able to help a lot of other young hustlers actualize their infinite potential, right? That's exactly what we're all about. So I'm excited to share my story today. Yeah, man. I'm excited for you to share your story because, I mean, I already know a lot of it and I'm sure there's new stuff that we'll find out, but there's a ton of people that just kind of see like you from the outside and from like social media and from all these other things that you're doing, but it's super cool to dive in and really get that kind of inside scoop on your story and that's kind of the I mean that's the goal of the podcast is to get that psychology of success with you and also with all the guests that we'll be having on this this season mm-hmm. so I mean let's get right into it I mean I guess I mean I just gave my background let's let's tell us about your story like what's your background where have you like been what has gotten you to this point so far man okay so let's so I guess business wise we can start from basically as young as I can remember um, my dad, he is huge into business, big time entrepreneur, Steve Terry, love him to death. And he, he made me catch the entrepreneur bug when I was super young. I remember like even in elementary school, we, I don't know if you did this at your school, but like they'd give you like $5 or $10 of like monopoly money if you did your homework. And then like, I don't know, like every three months they do like a store oh, and you yeah. could set up your own store. Oh yeah. And we had all, tickets. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so I remember I was telling my dad about this and he told me like, dude, you can make so much money. Like you need to, what you need to do is market it. Right. So I got like this all green jumpsuit and I was wearing that and I got this big popcorn machine we had and I was just selling the heck 
out of all these kids. And it was so funny because I, I even made so much money with this Monopoly money that I went and I bought other kids' stores <laughs> with my <laughs> You're cash. playing real Monopoly. Dude, it was so <laughs> This is all coming back to me right now. But anyways, dude, I've just, I've had that bug from a young age and I'm just so passionate about it, dude. It is, oh, I love it. So yeah, I started doing that and then just did like little, little things with my dad. And then when I was, I remember I was 13, I was playing little league baseball and I wanted to make some side money. So I sold those little necklaces that were in style just at the little league fields and I'd give a little cut to the. Uh, the little league, but it's just like finding little stuff like that that I did all growing up that I was just hustling, dude. I loved it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, you and your like seems like it's kind of runs in your whole family. Like you said, you got it from your dad, and obviously mm-hmm. your brother Kyler has doing done a ton with car sales. Even your little younger brother Carter, he's even got started doing some car flips and stuff. And it seems like he's kind of starting to catch the bug a little bit too. So. Yeah. I mean, uh, did was your dad just kind of did he introduce it to you guys at a young age where he was taking you to like his jobs and stuff with him, or was it just kind of his mindset with everything that kind of um, rubbed off on you guys? So it was both. That's a great question. Like he definitely like his mindset, man. He would just teach us all these business principles, and uh, that helped a ton. But he also involved us, man. That that's what the coolest part is that he would take the time to teach us what he was doing and how he could help, and he gave us those opportunities. And it was just a time that was incredible. And like, for example, like he, he owns a repo company here in St. George. And when I was about 12 years old, he said, Hey, like we have all these cars getting repoed and the bank is selling them to us and we need them cleaned. Like, what if you and Kyler started a detailing company and I could, I could give you a small loan and then you could do it on your own. And I was like, yeah, dude, let's do it. And so we jumped on that. I remember Kyler and I, uh, we'll talk about this when I interview him. Uh, for the next episode, but my dad loaned us like 300 bucks and we went on YouTube and learned how to do it. University of YouTube, I'm telling you, you can learn anything. There's so many different ways to make money, but we learned doing that. And then we had a connection with like a a guy that we met, met that supplied all the car washes with their chemicals and stuff. And we bought a super nice extractor and just slowly worked our way up to where we were making 200 bucks a car just out of our garage. To the point to where we were like, okay, like let's expand this. Let's let's get a trailer set up. And so that's what we did. We bought a trailer, had a big old water tank in it, and we we're like, okay, dude, we can't drive, but let's hire someone that can. And so we legitimately about hired a guy, but we were like, ah, it's a little too much. Management, we're too young. And so around that time, we started buying and selling cars as well. Like uh, we would find cheap stuff on KSL. And uh, a lot of them were like salvage titles, so a little bit rougher shape. But we'd buy them for cheap and then sell them and make a little bit of money. And we saw more potential in that than the detailing. So we're like, dude, what if we just sold this whole trailer setup, the whole business, and we dumped that money into buying and selling cars? So that's what we did. We sold the trailer. It was, for reference, Sublime Detailing. Uh, maybe we'll link. There's a super old Instagram account, actually. If you like search Sublime Detailing, I think you'll find some old pictures of us. We yeah. were looking at the other day. Yeah, well, I mean, it's so funny because you can tell it's ran by a 13-year-old and an 11-year-old. And that's what's the funniest <laughs> thing about it, too. Yeah. And I mean, what did like what did those people that you were buying the cars from, like, what did they think when you were pulling up, like, like someone had to drive you there to buy the, yes, like it was probably yeah. your dad who was driving you there by the cars. <laughs> it's like, what were they thinking? Cause I mean, even now, like being 20 years old and Kyler's being like 18 years old at this point, like the people still look at you guys and they're like, wow, like you guys are so young. This is mm-hmm. crazy. But like, 
I mean, being 11 and 13 and like doing these businesses, like what were people like saying to you or like, what did you hear? Like kind of those reactions you got as people were like kind of figuring out what you guys were doing. Dude, at that's, such a young age. Yeah. That's a great question. Cause like we could totally milk it, man. Like people love the young hustlers and that's what this podcast is all about. But definitely like I had to show credibility, like with my dad, my dad would always have to be there because like buying a like a super old BMW from some 12 year old kid. It's, it's like you're getting scammed, dude. <laughs> definitely, so, definitely. And so like, and I knew what I was doing. I'd show them the Carfax and show them all this data and, but they're cheap cars. It's like, what do you expect? It's a used car. But yeah, like I've, even now, like we saw that today in our, we had a meeting for bin blasters with a bunch of property managers. And like the first thing they asked us, like, like both of us, Jackson and I, they're like, how old are you guys? Like, you guys are young. Like, what are you doing here? Yeah, the very first question. <laughs> yeah. How old are you guys? Yeah. It's so funny. It's, it's like so just... funny how that's such a big, like, I mean, it's cool because it's like we, I guess, I mean, since like being in it, like you probably don't realize how like uncommon it is like to have like younger kids. I mean, especially at that young of an age, but even now, like kids that have that drive. And I mean, that's kind of what the podcast is. The goal is, is find other kids who have that drive and who are interested in mm -hmm. doing the same type stuff who maybe don't have those connections or resources where their dad doesn't own a repo company or isn't an entrepreneur, like, mm -hmm. and like people like that. And so like, what would you say to those, like, what's some advice for those kids who might not have those connections and they have to work hard to like make those connections? Yeah, totally. So it's, it's all about like getting your foot in the door with people that are more successful than you and that you want to emulate your life around. It's like, for example, like if you want to be a McDonald's owner, a franchise owner, I would find the guy who owns a, a ton of McDonald's and I would reach out to him and say, hey, like I, I literally did this for my podcast. You can listen to it. It's with Brent Bone. He owns like over 40 McDonald's, all of them in Las Vegas, 40 of them. And... I reached out to him and I said, hey, like, I really respect you and, like, love what you're doing. You're someone that I want to be like someday. Like, could I interview you on my podcast or can I come just pick your brain, take you to lunch? And you'll find that people are so willing to do that. Like, because guys that have made it in entrepreneurship, they understand the grind that it takes. And so they are more than willing to help out. Like, you'd be surprised. And so take that jump to just... But it's, it's being clear on who you want to become like and finding that person and then reaching out and just picking their brain. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, you've already talked about your family and your dad specifically on who has been like a good mentor for you, but who, what other mentors have you seen like in business and just other life in general that's really like seen you, you've seen have a big stamp on your life? Mm. Yeah. So Brent is a huge one. Like uh, he... Once again, this is the same guy that owns the McDonald's in, in Vegas. Uh, because I interviewed him on my podcast, and I just thought, man, he's someone that I want to be like. And so he was a huge help, man. He helped me a lot with some of the Airbnb stuff I was doing and just helped give me a lot of clarity. Like I could just call him and ask him questions. Um, some other mentors, Aaron Olson, who I'm going to have on the podcast hopefully here in the future. Um, he works in real estate, and it just has such... Um, a good entrepreneur brain, man, just one of the smartest dudes I know, super smart with money. Uh, but he really helped me give a lot of clarity on how to invest my money and things like that. Um, Justin Prince is another one that I've met recently. That's a connection of Kyler's. Um, he's helped me a lot with, you know, getting some advice on bin blasters and the mastermind. And we want to put together all these different things, but, but yeah, man, mentors are critical. So important. So important. Yeah, that's awesome. And so going back a little bit, 
we kind of jumped forward a little bit with mentors. And I mean, I love it because we can just go any direction oh, with no, this. It's, it's like we have this whole list of questions, but uh-huh. you can go down one question and go a million different ways with it. But let's rewind back a little bit. So after Sublime Detailing, I mean, you guys were what? Not even in middle school yet. So like what? Like take us through like some of your ventures that you had throughout high school and then kind of where like your timeline on how you got to this point. Yeah. So it's interesting because we we have tended to stay in the same market, like used cars whether it's detailing or whatever. And so we got out of detailing after doing that for two years, and we started buying and selling cars. We were doing pretty good with that. And I actually talked about this with Kyler, how we lost like over five grand on the first car we did. Like it was such an eye-opener, this old Tundra. And so it's, all, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Like there are going to be times when you lose money, which is fine. It's just an opportunity to learn. And it's just learning how to fail fast and just get back up. But so I've done that, bond and sold cars for a while. And I wanted to stay in that market. Something I've always done, I've always bought online courses. Because in my opinion, like if I want to learn something, why wouldn't I learn from the very best in the business? So back to the McDonald's example, like if I want to open a McDonald's franchise, I'm not going to go talk to someone that owns a Kmart. Like I'm going to go talk to Brent Bone, who owns 40 McDonald's, right? Yeah, 100%. And he's making a crap ton of money doing 100%. it. 100%. And so. I had the same mindset, and I, I heard a lot about the social media marketing stuff that people are doing, uh, and so I looked it up, like, who's the best social media marketer in the world who has some of the best courses, and I bought a course from Ty Lopez. Uh, it's like a 1000 bucks, and I was only, like, a, a freshman in high school, so I did that, took a big leap, and signed on with a car dealership here in town to actually run their social media. Made my money back, but I found out that I just was not passionate about it and I wasn't good at it. I didn't enjoy it one bit. Like it was decent money and I could have scaled it, but did not enjoy it one bit. So that's what's nice being young and for the listeners, like try a whole bunch of different things in my opinion, because then you can find what you're really passionate about and then go all in on that because we're so young, like why not? And so that was the model I took, started detailing, then flipping cars. And then I started Get Cars Sold, social media marketing. Did that for about six months, jumped out of it. I was like, okay, let's buy another course. This actually works. Like these online courses aren't a scam. Yeah, no kidding. So I was like, okay, like here's another course on short-term rentals, like Airbnb. Like I've always been interested in real estate. I didn't really know what Airbnb was at that point. Dropped another thousand bucks and took this course. And it really opened my eyes. Like, dude, like I could totally turn our guest house into an Airbnb, like, let's do it. And so I convinced my parents to turn our guest house into an Airbnb. So that was like uh, the next business venture. It's called KST Rentals, Caden Scott Terry Rentals. Uh, so I, I turned it into a little Airbnb. The people would stay there and sit in our hot tub, and they had the whole thing. It was called Zion's Elegant Casita. Uh, it was cool because I automated a lot of it. Like the, I would be sitting in math class and someone would do a booking and I'd get a notification and automatically send them the check-in instructions and answer questions they'd have. It was cool. But uh, then I left on my mission and I got out of it. I actually ended up putting our motorhome on Airbnb as well. So I had two properties I was managing and then got out of it. So that's something I want to get back into. So I did the Airbnb stuff and then... Right before I left on my mission, we got into real estate. Uh, Kyler, my brother, and my dad were building some tiny homes out in Hurricane, Utah. Started those like right before I left, and they're done. And right now we're selling them, and we're building a couple more, which has been super, super sick, learning more about real estate. Um, but, yeah, man, that's kind of 
there's like been a, a bunch of little things I'd run on the side. For example, like I was in a weird phase right before I was about to leave on my mission. Like I sold all my cars and was out of Airbnb. So I was like, dude, what can I do to learn, you know? And so I always thought, well, I want to learn how to sell. I want to do like door to door sales just around town just to learn. And so what I did, I, my buddy Blake, him and I, well, he learned how to paint like the little addresses on curbs. And so what would happen is like, uh, basically what it does, it helps ambulances like find your house quicker at night because it's just right there on the road. And so he learned how to do that. And then I went and sold the people. So I just knocked doors all day and he would follow behind me. And so like basically the moral of the story is that there's so many flipping opportunities to make money. It's just going out and doing it, man. We've been talking about this all day. Like there's so many opportunities that we see that we just don't have the time to jump after. And it's just picking the right one. So that basically sums up my business experience. Yeah. 100%. I think you're a great example of some, like it's a phrase that you use a lot, but ready, fire, aim. And it's like when you, you're talking about your stories and your experiences, it's like now you're sitting here at 20 years old and you have real estate experience, car detailing experience, social media marketing experience. But it's like like so many people from the outside that are looking in, it's like, wow, that's crazy that he's done all this. But really like when you break it down, like how you did, it's like you wanted to do something, you went and looked it up on YouTube university or found the person who's the best at it, bought their course and then just went and did it. Like, like you said, you just want to do door to door sales. So you decide to go start a little door to door business. You want to learn how to do social media marketing. You found someone that would let you do their marketing for them and then bought the course to learn how to do it. And so kind of what's your, like, so I feel like so many people get stuck in analysis paralysis. And that's mm -hmm. a big thing that you hear on a lot of different podcasts and from some of our mentors. It's like, how do you, like, have you ever struggled with that? Or like, how do you overcome that? Or is that just something that you've never really like had to deal with is like overanalyzing the opportunities and stuff like that? No, it, it definitely happens, man, because you, there's so many, I'm definitely an overthinker. Like there's so many ways that things could go wrong, but there's also so many ways that it could go right. So I try and lean more towards the positive side by still maintaining a realistic outlook on it. Right. And so I do my due diligence. I'll invest in like this, a lot of time in researching the opportunity, but really it's just jumping in and doing it. Like you're saying, ready, fire, and then aim, right? Just start, make the first step. And as you're going, you can kind of realign yourself. And it's just about doing it. It's taking that jump, but what helps with aiming are the mentors, right? Go talk to someone that's smarter than you are and just pick their brain that's in that same industry and they're more than willing to help. That's like probably been the biggest thing I've learned. Like you literally become who you surround yourself with and it's, it's just doing that day in and day out that helps and just taking the risk because we're young, man. That's the nice thing. It's like, I'm not married. I don't have any kids. So if I lose money and need to start over, like, so what? <laughs> like, exactly. I'm more than willing to, true. to take these risks while I'm young. And so really for all the young listeners out there, like, use that to your advantage. Like, if you have an idea, like, why not? Go for it. Jump in. 100%. And it's crazy because you talked about how you went through this weird phase where you like kind of started shutting down a lot of your business opportunities right before your mission. Like kind of take us through how hard was that? Because obviously it was something like missions are hard in general, but especially when you have so much going for you back home and you have like, there's so much opportunity ahead of you and going in a different direction. Like how hard was it for you to kind of like drop everything and move on and go on your mission? Dude, it was super hard. And Kyler... My brother is in that spot right now. We'll get more into bin blasters in a little bit. Uh, yeah, I didn't even talk about that, but we'll sum it up. 
basically like Kyler and I, well, Kyler, when I left on my mission, we were always talking about like this bin blaster stuff and this idea. And so I was about, I was like six months ago, I was about to come home from my mission and Kyler and my dad and I ended up buying the franchise rights for bin blaster, St. George. Basically what it is, it's a franchise where you can see my logo right here if you're watching on YouTube, <laughs> always repping. Uh, basically, it's a garbage can cleaning company. We have a mini dump truck, basically, that grabs the cans, lifts them upside down, sprays them out with 200-degree water, puts them back down, and we roll them up to your curb, and that's that. And so it's basically the idea that your cans will always be clean and we'll take care of them. And so Kyler got it going off the ground while I was on my mission. He, It's rolling, and I've been back. And since then, we brought Jackson on the team, and he's blown it up with our door-to-door sales and we're meeting with HOAs and really trying to grow it. And so Kyler was the one that got it rolling, him and my dad. And so he's in that spot now to where he has to step away. Um, he was He's a lot farther than I was, dude. I'm blown away by what he's doing, man. I'm so proud of him. But it was for me, it was tough because I had the cars I was flipping, making good money doing that. And then the Airbnb stuff, I had people that wanted to partner with me to build more Airbnbs, people that I had met, mentors. But I had to tell them, no, like, I got to put this on pause to go serve a mission. But, you know, I, I won't regret it. One day in my life, I completely changed, man. And I learned that's the cool thing. Like, not only that, not only the spiritual side, and I could go way into that, but just, like, the lessons I learned, like, just management, how to plan my day, how to set goals, how to communicate with people, how to resolve problems like you do that every day man and there's so many business lessons i learned on my mission which is cool like i'm applying them now so yeah 100 um so along going kind of go along with your mission i know you got home was it december like right before christmas time you got home from your mission right yeah and so take us through kind of like that experience and how like i mean usually like coming home from a mission's not necessarily the <laughs> group like best thing in the world if you're coming home early but yeah. for you you had like you've had health complications throughout like your whole high school and kind of growing up and it kind of came back during when you're on your mission. Um, kind of dive into that experience and like what you've had going on and how you've kind of had to handle that alongside everything else that you've been going through. Mm. Yeah, dude, that's, that's a great question. So basically to give the listeners an overview, um, I came home, I was on my mission about 17 months. Uh, I was serving in the office as assistant with a brand new mission president. Uh, the Hendersons absolutely love them. Uh, they're amazing. Uh, and then two weeks after that, I got released as serving as assistant. And then I was, um, I got transferred, moved to a different area, basically, uh, out of the office. And two weeks after that is when my heart started having some issues. Um, and long story short, I ended up having to come home. But back up a little bit. So when I was 14, I remember I was sitting in class at school. I was a freshman, and I dropped my pen on the floor, and so I bent over to pick it up. And as I picked it up, my heart started to flutter super, super fast, so fast. I was like, what the heck is that? And I had to like, it lasted probably like eight seconds, and I had to cough to make it stop. And it finally stopped. And it happened again the next day, and it made me super dizzy. My heart was going crazy, but I was wearing my Apple Watch at the time. And I tracked it, and it got to 220 beats per minute at a snap of a finger, dude. Like, so fast. 
for example, like when I'm working out, my heart probably doesn't get up to like, I don't know, like 120. If, I yeah. don't know. But it went to 220 beats per minute, snap of a finger. <laughs> so I'm like, mom, like there's something up. Like we need to go get this tested. And so they hooked me up and they had me wear this monitor on my chest for like a week. I remember baseball trouts, dude. I was wearing this monitor. You probably couldn't even tell, but it was like this little box on my chest. Iron I Man. Yeah. <laughs> You're Iron Man there. That's no wonder you made the team. Yeah, dude. Heck, it worked. And so I I had um, issues with that. And we did the test and they came back and said, hey, like you have this disease called Wolf Parkinson's White Syndrome. And basically, it's a, uh, a disease where I was born with an extra electrical pathway in my heart that misfires. That's what causes the rapid heartbeat. And so they said, like, it was out of my control. I was just born with it. And usually it comes up later in life. But they it was super rare to see it. First off, like, it's super, super rare. But it's even rarer to see it in a younger kid. And so they're like, well, we got to do surgery. So I was like, what? Like, I got to have surgery on my heart? Um, so they're like, yeah. So they ended up, um, here in St. George, uh, they performed a surgery where they went into my heart and burned the part of my heart that was misfiring so that it stopped doing it. And so they did that and, uh, it was great. Like they wheeled me out. I was a little high from the drugs after that. <laughs> Said some things that I probably shouldn't have. First and last you time. You have to ask Kyler about it. He'll probably tell you some bad things that I said, but... But yeah, dude, then I was fine for six months. I remember going to baseball and I was fine, like no issues. And then about eight months later, like the same symptoms came back. And I was like, what? Like, are you kidding me? Like, I just barely went through all this. The recovery was tough. Like just laying in bed for a good two, two weeks, three weeks. And so we went back in and they did the test and they said, oh, it's come back. Like it wasn't fixed all the way. And I was super, super frustrated because I remember at the time, like I, so you and I played baseball all growing up, dude. Like we're super tight from that love baseball. And I had always kind of golfed a little bit on the side and I was like, Oh, let's try out for the golf team this year. Why not? I mean, it's the summer. Let's just screw around and do it. Yeah. Free golf. Yeah. Free, <laughs> free golf, man. It's Sun river. So I did that, tried out, made the team. And literally the next day after tryouts is when my heart symptoms came back. And at this point, man, I was so frustrated. Like, I even asked God, like, why would you allow this to happen? Like, I'm doing everything I need to be. I'm serving you. I'm putting you first. Like, why would you allow this to happen? But, you know, I came to learn that any obstacle we have can be flipped into an opportunity. And we'll get more into that. Dude, that, just that sentence right there fires me up. But, so the heart stuff came back, made the golf team, couldn't play because I'd have surgery again. Dude, I was pissed. And so they wheel me in, they, they, they schedule it, and then they wheel me into the operation room. And the doctor's like, dude, what are you doing here? Like, <laughs> you know, we just worked on you. Yeah. You're a young kid. You should be out hanging out with the girls or whatever. Playing so, golf. Playing <laughs> golf, yeah. And so they performed the surgery, and uh, they rolled me back out and did the test again. And they said, hey, like, we didn't fix it. At this point, I was, like, still kind of a little bit out of it, but I remember... And so they said, we're, we're thinking about just wheeling them back again. And this is after a four-hour surgery and doing it again, trying to fix it. Back to back. Yeah, like <laughs> straight up. Wow. And so my parents were like, yeah, I mean, let's just take care of it. See what he can handle. <laughs> yeah, I know. Gosh. <laughs> Call about, talk about can't hurt me, man. Just yeah. wheel them back in. No kidding. And so they did that. 
and at this point, like, I was conscious. I remember I had some Honolulu Grill in me, dude. Favorite restaurant at all times. Fired up. But anyways, <laughs> they wheeled me back in. And I remember, dude, I was so tight with the doctors at this point. We were homies. Yeah, and, and you they, see them often they, enough. Yeah, and so I knew them by name. And I remember somehow they knew that my favorite, I probably talked about this while I was under drugs, <laughs> they knew that my favorite kind of music was old school rap. And so... As they wheeled me in, they, they, it's like the funniest thing. Dude, they had like walk-up music for me. <laughs> so they had, it was a good day by Ice Cube yeah. playing <laughs> over the speakers. And everyone was just like <laughs> cheering me on, bro. And just high-fiving me, giving me knuckles. Like, what's up, bro? Welcome back. Let's go. Kato's in the house. That is awesome. Yeah, and so they wheeled me in, man. This is surgery three. I'm dapping everyone up. Saying, Let's go, baby. And so they put me under. Have the surgery. And then I'm back up, and they do the test. They say, yeah, okay, it's fixed, man. You're good to go. So I go back. This is like going into my junior year, and I remember this affected a little bit of baseball, which was super frustrating. Like I remember trying out for the team, and I we do cardio and stuff, and I couldn't quite keep up because my heart was having issues, and I was still recovering. But recovery was tough, man. I was like, yeah, sitting there for a while in my bed for like two, three weeks, uh, and then I, so I was fine all of most of junior, junior year, but then it came back, dude, again, uh, after another six months. And so at this time, dude, I was still once again, asking God, like, why would you allow this to happen? Like, what is going on? Like, I'm doing all that I can. All the doctors are saying like, what, what's going on? And so this time they, they do another surgery. And this time I go up to primary children's. A different doctor, have the same surgery, um, recover, and dude, I was fine. Like I didn't have any issues. That was junior year, I think, and then I was fine all junior and senior year. Man, played baseball, did everything, uh, but then it uh, left on my mission right after I graduated in 2021. I was good for a year and a half, and then it came back. Back to the story, it came back while I was in Seattle serving my mission and super frustrating again, but I've come to learn that, you know, God has a plan for all of us and with him, we can turn anything that comes our way into an opportunity. So for example, I guess I'll get into it, like the concept of being anti-fragile. And I talk about this with Kyle a little bit in the next episode, but to kind of explain it again, like um, if you imagine like I'm holding two boxes in my hand right here, and one of them is labeled as fragile. If this box was labeled as fragile and it could speak, it might say like, handle me with care. Like don't move me around because I'll break and I'll shatter, right? The more you move me around, the weaker I get. Now, if you envision me holding another box, it's labeled as anti-fragile. And if this box could speak, it might say, you know, move me around because the more you move me around, the stronger than I get. Not only that, um, I want you to move me around because I understand the more that I get moved around, the bigger and the stronger I get. I thrive under commotion. So just move me around, toss me, throw me, kick me. It doesn't matter because I'm going to become the best version of myself. So that's the mindset I've really come to learn. That when we get kicked on our knees by life, when we're just spinning around and don't know what to do, that's exactly when we have two choices. One, are we going to be are we going to be fragile? Are we going to shatter? Are we going to break? Or are we going to be anti-fragile? And are we going to use it as fuel for our growth? Are we going to get better and better because of it? 
So to kind of like summarize this story, I'm having all these heart surgeries. And to be honest with you, the first part, I was very fragile, dude. I was had the victim mindset, as I like to call, like, why me, poor me, like, ah. But then it, it kind of turned, man. And as I understood more of how God works and how we are as human beings and how we have the ability to control our destiny, I realized, man, this, how can we turn this into an opportunity? What really changed the game is I read Obstacles the Way. Another mentor referred it to me, Justin Keat, who's a big, he's our high school principal <laughs> and also an entrepreneur, man, total yeah. hustler. And he gave me this book, and I don't think he realizes the impact it's had on my life. It's by Ryan Holiday, The Obstacles the Way. But it teaches you the art of turning trial into triumph. And so I took that mindset. And I was like, huh, I'm having all these heart surgeries. How can I turn this trial into a victory? How can I become a victor rather than a victim? And so what I did, I was laying in bed for probably two, three weeks after one of my surgeries. And I thought, how can I make a bigger impact on the world? How can I share my greatest gifts and greatest service to the world? And, you know, I've always been passionate about self-development and leadership. I've always read books about that. And I've always loved podcasts. So I thought, you know what? Why don't I start a podcast to share what I love and also help other people actualize their infinite potential? So I literally remember laying in bed recovering and going to this website called anchor.com. It's where you can start your own podcast for free. And I did this. Uh, it took a while. It was a lot of work. But that was my either freshman or sophomore year of high school, like early on when I was recovering from these heart surgeons. And since then, it's been four or five years, man. I've done a ton of episodes, met a ton of people. And it's led to so many opportunities. And it's realized that it's helped me realize that any once again, any obstacle we have, it doesn't matter. Flip it into an opportunity. It's all about our perspective, right? So it's been awesome, man. I love it. Yeah, it's crazy how it comes like full circle. Like the only reason that we're sitting here today is because you went through that um, obstacle and like you had your heart surgeries and not only having like those heart surgeries, but you had that mindset to where, I mean, we, de we very easily could have gone down such a different path to where we will definitely 100% would not have been here today recording this podcast mm. because it not only like it's not only because your heart surgeries, but it's how you flipped having those surgeries and instead of sitting on the couch and crying and watching TV all day because you can't golf, then you just made the golf team. Like mm -hmm. you decided to turn it into a different opportunity and you probably thought, wow, now I have all this time to work on this podcast. I'm sure you did a lot of those courses that you were talking about. Yep. Like the I, same dude, I was on YouTube, like all day listening to how to start your podcast and do all this. It took a ton of work, but I've never thought about that. It, we probably would not be sitting here today without those heart surgeries. Yeah, it's That's the butterfly effect. It's crazy, but it's huh. so true because like, you, it's awesome how you, like, I love how that is the origin of this podcast because that's what we talk about week in and week out with all of these guests that we're going to be having on and all the episodes you've already done is like how they turn um, their problems and opportunities and what their vices for success are. Like, how do they get to where they are? And this is a huge part of your story to like, literally the reason we're sitting here today is because of your mindset and how you dealt with that challenge. Mm -hmm. And so my next question is just like, I know... Like sitting in bed, I'm sure you got so antsy just to get out and do stuff. And you were just so like, it's still frustrating, I'm sure, because you just went through another um, like whole tribulation with your heart to where it's yeah. like you get super tired. It's, it's still acting up. And I guess to update the, lis the listeners, I've done a bunch of tests and basically they see the weird beats that are going on. But luckily, I don't need surgery. So they said, hey, let's, do you want to take medication? And I was like, ah, it kind of messed me up last time. It made me super tired and weak all the time. 
And so I was like, ah, oh, let's maybe try and change my diet and try some other things. So that's what I'm in the process of now. So awesome. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm sure like it's super easy to stay in bed all day. Like seriously, it's so easy to be able to do that. But like where you have that um, like motivation, that grind, I guess the question is like what gets you out of bed every day? Is it just like the opportunity and you know what it's like to not be able to get out of bed? Or like what are like different opportunities or like what fires you up every single day to get out of bed and just keep pushing? Mm. Okay, this is something that has like completely changed my life, man. This this mindset right here has helped me in business and life as a missionary. Um, so this life we have is very limited, man. Like we do not realize like how short it is. There are so many opportunities out there. And I guess what gets me up every single day is the fact that I don't know if it's going to be my last. So uh, a phrase that I live by that I have literally written on my whiteboard at home, it's memento mori. And it's Latin for remember death. And I know that sounds kind of morbid, but it's a constant reminder that our time here on this earth is very limited. Right. So, for example, like on my mission, um, when I was when I was with my companions, I would always tell them like, hey, it was it's actually kind of funny. Like I had this little I don't know if you know, like what a shoehorn is, but basically it's like this little like metal piece that helps you put on your dress shoes. It's a missionary thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, don't, so, I can't say I've ever yeah, used yeah. a shoehorn. Okay, so these shoehorns, man, what I did, it was hung up on our door. like So if you walk out, you see it. And what I did, I wrote Memento Mori on it. And I'd tell my companions and anyone I was with, I was, I'd say, hey, like hit this every time you go out and remind yourself that this could be your very last time serving as a missionary. This could be your last time on earth. So give it every single ounce of energy that you got. Because I don't know if like right now, for example, like in the mornings, we'd go play basketball. Like, I didn't know if leaving that door, if that would be my last time uh, being a missionary because, you know, we could get in an accident driving there or I could tear my ACL and have to go home. So I'd tell them that. I'd say, cherish the moment you have right now and give it your all and find the people that we need to. And don't take it for granted. There's not a day to waste. Yeah. Well, the crazy thing is, is that that was like a true thing that happened with you. Yes. It's like you didn't know that your uh -huh. heart was going to act up like that. So you're like the uh -huh. prime example of like, keep, like encapsulating that mindset. That's what was cool, dude. Like the, the missionaries I was around, I would always tell them that. And then it happened to me. Like out of nowhere, my heart stuff comes up and I go home. Like, yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I think it blew them away even more. Like, dang. And so for me now, like that gets me going. So that's just a small example. Memento Mori with the mission, like dying as a missionary or going home. But now it's even bigger to where like waking up this morning, I just told myself like, I don't have time to waste. Like this is a literal gift from God. Each day is a gift. So that's what fires me up in the morning. In fact, I have this little, maybe we'll post on our social media, but once again, I got it from a mentor, this whole concept, Justin Keat, Memento Mori. And he gave me this little painting of this skeleton and it's in German. And luckily Justin can actually speak German. So he translated it for me, but it's a skeleton. I'll try and explain it to you. It's a super old painting and it's a skeleton with a bow and arrow and he's aiming it um, right at the center of the painting. So it's like he's looking at you with this arrow and it's aimed right at your face. And what it is like, so he has the arrow, and then he also has a little, like, time glass or whatever you call that. And then um, it's, it's emptied. So it's, like, running out of time, basically. So the symbolism of it is that the skeleton is symbolic of, like, the angel of death or just death. And then the arrow 
is him, you know, it could be your last day. And so like the title of the painting is today. And so the angel of death is aiming at you. But what's interesting is if you look like at the bottom of the painting, there's an arrow and it's broken. And the title above the arrow, it says yesterday. So yesterday you tried to fire, but it broke. <laughs> so it didn't get you. Yeah. But today it's aimed at you. Yeah. And then there's another one on his back, another arrow, and it says tomorrow. And then the little glass he has just says time. And so for me, like, yeah, like it might sound morbid at first, but if you really think about it, like today is not a guarantee. Like we, we take today sucks for granted. And so every day when I wake up and I see that skeleton or, you know, I remind myself memento mori, like I have um, a responsibility to myself, to the people around me and to God to give my greatest gifts and greatest service to the world today, not tomorrow, not the next day, because I don't know if I'm going to have that. And so let's do it today. That's what fires me up every single morning. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, what do you do with that time? Because you know, like every day is a gift. And I know you're like, well, you have a very structured like morning routine and you like, yeah, I mean, if you look at your calendar, it's like every single hour, like not every single hour, but you have a ton of time slots that are just like broken off, like on every single day of your calendar. And those are your like non-negotiables. Mm-hmm. And so like, what do you do like with that time? Like, what do you like? What's the like it fires you up to wake up and you have this whole day of opportunity and time, but what do you do with it? And like, what are your, it's kind of your morning routine Ooh. and just take us through a day in the life of Caden Terry. Dude, you're giving me chills talking about that. Holy crap. Morning routines. I absolutely love. In fact, if you're watching the YouTube, you may see like the front of our little studio here. I have a book called uh, the 5am club. And basically what it is, it's a book about how you can structure your morning routine and how world-class entrepreneurs and leaders structure their morning routine. So what it is, basically, how I like to do it, I call it um, AM and PM bookends. So basically my AM bookend, or I guess to back up, like as human beings, we have control over what happens in the morning and at night, not so much in the middle. That's kind of when the whirlwind comes and we're just doing whatever. But what happens is, In the morning, I'm very intentional with what I do. Okay, so for example, um, I wake up right at 6 o'clock usually. It depends on when I get to bed. I'll wake up, and then I um, go right to the gym. I'll pray, go to the gym from about 6.30 to 7.30. Right at 7.30 the past two weeks, Jackson and I have been doing these ice baths, which are absolute hell but they're yeah. amazing <laughs> yeah it's it's crazy because you like they're so yeah they're they're hell like they really are but then it's crazy how much you start to crave it and just because like like once you miss out on like it's like the weekend goes by and we maybe miss out on saturday and sunday it's crazy how much like your body really does crave it on like monday morning mm-hmm. like how much like it's so much easier to wake up and get to the gym on time because you know like that's it's almost like a reward at this point even though it's like it's such a weird, like psychological, uh-huh. like trip on your brain. Cause like the last thing I want to do every morning is get in that water. But then like once I, like the second I get in or even the second I get out, it's like, that was awesome. Like mm-hmm. I think like it's, it's such a reward physically and also mentally. Mm-hmm. Totally. So dude, I've come to crave it. So I intentionally schedule that into my morning. So six thirty, seven thirty, I'm at some athletic club. Uh, we do the ice bath at seven thirty, And then after that I get home and I, get ready. And then I, what I do is called my victory hour. And we talk about in the 5am club by Robin Sharma. Um, this is how I structure my morning from that book. 
But basically, it's um, I'm in complete control of this hour. If I can win this hour, I'm going to win the day. It's a phrase I use all the time. Win the morning, win the day. Um, so I start, I'll um, review my goals. I write out my top 10 goals that I have for the year, and I'll review them, and I'll visualize them. I can feel myself achieving them, and I write them all in the present tense because uh, that trains my subconscious mind that I'm becoming that person right now rather than just trying to reach for it in the future. I'm becoming it right now. Um, and also, so I write out my goals, and then I'll plan my day, and I'm very intentional. I'll get more into like how I plan my day. But after I plan, uh, then I um, read my scriptures, either the, the Bible or the Book of Mormon, for like 10 or 15 minutes. And then for the remainder of that time, I dedicate to learning. So I either read a book or I'll do one of my online courses, um, things that are going to help me develop myself as a person in all areas of my life. But I make sure to get all that stuff done first thing in the morning. Because here's like the way I like to look at it. I have complete control once again over that a.m. time slot. It's my time. I consider it to be sacred and I block it off. Because if I, I feel like if I'm very intentional in the morning, then I'm intentional the rest of the day. If I am kind of, for example, this happened uh, this morning. Like Jackson and I, we bought some cars up in Salt Lake and we got home late last night. So I got a late start on the morning and I didn't get to do my routine. Did some of it, not all of it. But the whole day, I feel like I've been on defense, right? The day is happening to me rather than for me. But when I plan my day and I'm very intentional with my morning, I'm on offense, right? I'm controlling what's happening. And, you know, it's, it's all up to me. It's a, it's a mindset shift. And I'm sure you felt that, the difference between being on offense and defense. And I think that applies for the rest of our life, right? If we're intentional with our days, day in and day out, then we're going to be intentional with the life that we create. And so, dude, I am huge, huge, huge on routines. That's kind of just a, a sneak peek of what I do every day. Yeah, that's big time too because, I mean, confidence, like that's a, such a key thing that people always say. That you have to have confidence in yourself. But the best way to build confidence is to do things that like back your resume. You know what I mean? Like you become the person who wakes up and goes to the gym every morning. You become the person who, like I consider myself a person who takes ice baths now. Like mm -hmm. even though we've only been doing it for two weeks, it's like we've done it pretty consistently over the last two or three weeks to where like now that's like my identity. Like when people bring that up, I love talking about it because I have that confidence that I know that if they were like, let's go do one right now, like we're there. Like that happened a couple weeks ago. Shout out our boy Dave Araki. We went over to his house <laughs> and he said, let's do a night. We I, we're at the summit, huh? And we were walking out right after yeah. we did our morning one. He yeah. said, come by later tonight. Let's do another one. Mm -hmm. And like I had no doubt, like you just had that confidence. Like, yeah, let's go do it. And it's like, it's so crazy. Like the power of doing that stuff. And you don't realize maybe like throughout your day, how much, or even throughout the last couple of weeks, like how much that really backs you until you have those little moments like that, mm -hmm. where they're almost like little checkpoints. Like, yeah, like I'm that guy. You know it's what that, I mean? Those 1% gains day in and day out that aggregate and compound yeah. all the time. So sick. So sick. And so you talked about like the 5am club, you talked about the obstacles, the way you talked about a couple other books and stuff. What if like, what are your, some of your favorite books or like other podcasts or like content creators that you would like maybe like top three to five that you would recommend to like our listeners like because i mean we only put out an episode a week so once they get done listening to us and they're on that natural high of like that happens to me all the time like mm -hmm. you listen to different podcasts i've been on a huge mark cuban kick lately to where i'm listening to all this <laughs> stuff and then it's like when i get done it's like i want to i want more and it's like kind of that same thing with the ice bath it's like you start to crave it and so like what are some of your other 
like books or podcasts or other like maybe YouTube videos that have kind of like really been staples or like things that you've seen change your life? Yeah. So I, number one book of all time, Obstacles the Way, no doubt. Number two, How to Win Friends and Influence People, awesome book on how to communicate and how to just be with people and make connections and network. Awesome, awesome book. And then number three, uh, 5 a.m. Club. I recommend that to all young hustlers. It'll change your whole mindset on life and how you can cultivate a winning morning every single day to win your life, basically. And so those are some of my favorite books. Podcast-wise, definitely check out the Real Business Owners podcast. Oh, yeah. I was on their podcast. It's probably been like three years ago now. I was one of their first guests pretty early on. Check that one out. They are have some awesome content. I interviewed them as well. Fires me up, that one. Every yeah. morning at the gym, dude. Fires yeah. me up. Dude, it's so awesome. Shout out to Trevor and Kel for sure. Um, I love taking in Justin Prince's content. He's an awesome guy, someone that I want to be like one day, a mentor, man. He's just such a stud. Definitely check him out. I love listening to um, The School of Greatness with Lewis Howes. He just, it's basically the same thing as what we're doing now. He just interviews um, a bunch of entrepreneurs and professional athletes. Fires me up, but yeah, those are some of them. Yeah, it's so crazy. Like, cause you, everyone's heard the quote that you become the five, like a combination of the five people you're around the most. But it's crazy how I heard this quote when I was up at UVU. They did an entrepreneurship seminar to where it was like a lecture series class. And then you'd go in and listen to these CEOs and different um, entrepreneurs and stuff. And I forget who said, I think it might have been Roy Banks. He's a CEO of Weave. And he said that you become the five like things that you're around the most. So it doesn't have to be people, but like if you're listening to the same podcast every day or you're listening to the same YouTube videos or watching the same, like if you're on TikTok for like five hours a day, it's like you're going to become like whatever your for you page is. Exactly. And it's the same thing where it can go. And it's so positive too, to where if you're like, I see myself doing that so often to where it's like, yeah, like we're business partners. So we're hanging out and we're doing a lot of stuff. And, but also like I'm listening to the real business owners and I can see myself starting to think from their like mind sh- mindset or like I can see myself like starting to think in different ways as their guests do. And it's so crazy how like the power of books and the power of, like shows. And I think you told me something the other day that was like, how much, like you, I'll let you go on, but like how much money would you spend to sit down with Phil Knight, like for shoot yeah. on? And like yeah. kind of go expand on that, what you were telling yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. So like, if you think about it, like think of like the person that you want to be like the most or that you really, really admire. So for example, like Phil Knight, I have a ton of respect for the guy who started Nike, started it from nothing and just grew it to what it is today. And so I had someone ask me, like, oh, it was Mitch Matthews, actually, when I interviewed him. He said, dude, like, how much would you pay to, I don't know, spend a week in Park City with Phil Knight, the owner of Nike? I told him, dude, I'd probably spend a good, as much money as I had, man, to <laughs> as much as the it whole takes. week. Are yeah. you kidding me? He was like, well, like, you can do it for five bucks, man. Go buy Shoe Dog, his book, online or use website for books, and you can get it. You can get his whole life summary in a week by reading his book. And I feel like a lot of times that doesn't click for us. Like there are people in industries that are the top dogs and we can literally seek out their wisdom by buying their books, listening to the podcast, doing these things and surrounding ourselves with them, with their content, man. It's incredible. The day and the age that we live in hundred percent. And so 
let's finish up. We got the last two questions, the ones that every single guest on the podcast is going to be answering. And this kind of leads perfectly into the first question. But so if you could prescribe anything to the entire world, every single person on earth, all 8 billion, I think we're at right now of us, and you had to prescribe something for the entire world to do for 30 days, what would you tell them to do? Be intentional with your AM bookend and your PM bookend, right? So we talked about the AM bookend that I like to call it. That time, like, I don't know, 6 AM, 10, 9 AM, that's up to you that you control before work to work on yourself and to serve other people. Um, And so be very, very intentional with that. I found that has helped me in so many areas of my life, right? Because if I'm intentional in the morning, I can be intentional the rest of the day and I'm in control. And even for the PM book and the, the end of your night, having a, a digital sunset, as I like to call it, like completely shutting off from work, from your phone to where you can really rest and recover and be ready to attack the next day, whether that's through journaling or spending time with loved ones, whatever. But really focusing on those two bookends of your day because the middle, man, it's crazy. Like it's yeah. the whirlwind. It's different every day. You're just, ah, ah. but the AM, PM, it's right there. You're in control. So that's what I would tell people for 30 days. Be intentional and plan your AM and PM bookends and stick to it and see the difference that not only that you can see, but the people in your life will see in you from those 30 days. Try it, man. Yeah. It's crazy how even waking up 30 minutes earlier than you normally do, it's crazy how like peaceful the world seems once you give yourself an extra 30 minutes, even if it's just to read 10 pages of a book. And like you just start small rather than say you wake up at 8 a.m. every day today. And rather than just jumping to 5 a.m. for the 5 a.m. club, maybe you just jump to 7.30 and then you just add in one element. And like, it's crazy. Like, Mm -hmm. that's kind of what I've been doing with the ice bath. It's like, that's the one thing that I've added to my morning routine. And now it's like, I find myself that it's so much easier to just go do the ice bath than it is to wake up at maybe 5 a.m. and then try to do this, 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 and this and add all these new things. But just doing that one extra thing to become intentional to where maybe in one month, two months, three months, however long it takes for you to get your perfect morning routine. And then it's just, it's just becomes so much easy that all of a sudden it's like, you can't imagine yourself not doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you've seen that a ton with your morning routine. Oh, totally. It becomes habit, man. And it gets easier and easier. Yeah. yeah. And so let's go through the last question. So as you said, every day is a gift. You have, you never know what days you're going to be your last. If you were to die today and everything like everyone knows about you is forgotten except for three things that you've learned in this life. Like what would you want them to be? Mm. Well, number one, God is very real and his hand is everywhere. Every single day, man, it's incredible. And you've heard that now with my story, with my heart and all the little miracles. I only shared a little bit, but there have been so many other miracles and I love if anyone wants to reach out to me, I'd love to share them, man. But it has been such an eye opener seeing that God really cares about us and he's there. And even when I felt like he wasn't there, he was. And he was helping me and strengthening me and he has helped me all along the way, man. So number one, God is very real and he's good. Um, Number two, any obstacle can be flipped into an opportunity, right? Trial can be turned into triumph. It does not matter what happens in our life. We got two choices. Is it gonna break us or is it gonna build us? Are we gonna become a victim or a victor? And I feel like it's, it's all about our perspective, man. What kind of box are we going to be? Not only that, like what, what does your label say on your box? Are you fragile or anti-fragile when life comes your way? So that's something I'm always asking myself. And I know that to be a truth in life. Like we 
our agents unto ourselves. Like we can do what we need to do and we can accomplish what we want to accomplish. And last, uh, whatever the mind, this is the third principle that I know to be true. Whatever the mind can conceive, it can achieve. So I'll say that again. Whatever the mind can conceive, it can achieve. So whatever we think about, we can bring about, right? Our thoughts become things. For example, like I remember um, I had a vision board uh, my junior year of high school, and I had this vision. No, it was like sophomore year. I had this goal of being a varsity picture. And I had this little picture of me up there, and I was visualizing myself every single day, pitching on the varsity team and just absolutely dominating. And, you know, it came to fruition, right? Senior year, you were there. And this is like team all state, baby. <laughs> yeah, man, it was crazy. And this is after all my heart surgeries, man, when I was still trying to figure out my heart stuff. Yeah, and I, it was incredible, man. I visualized it and then created that reality. First team all state. I uh, was on the all-star team for the state, played in that game. Um, threw a perfect game as well. Didn't give up any hits or no one got on base. It was incredible. And it's because it started in my mind, right? It's like to kind of get spiritual. Like if you think of God, like before he created the earth, he pl planned it all in his head. And he had to think about what he needed to do. And then he actualized it. And it's, it's the same with us. So that's part of my routine, like I talked about with my goals. I take the time to write out my, my goals, but then I really take time to pause and to visualize and to think it out and envision myself being that type of person and achieving those goals in that moment. And it's cool because it happens time and time again, like it just comes to fruition. So whatever we can conceive, we can achieve. Awesome. Well, hey, I mean, I think this is like the perfect episode to kind of preview what the rest of the season is going to be like. Because if a couple of no-cleds like us can get together and like put that <laughs> content out yeah. and just like, it can't imagine what we're going to do when we get some real guests in here, like with like some ex their experiences and mm -hmm. man, it just fires me up. It's exciting. Dude, it is going to be fun. So uh, we appreciate all the support we've received already. And we have a lot of big things in the work. We are just getting started. And so we... Um, we appreciate all you guys have done. And this is Caden Terry, and this has been The Psychology of Success. This has been The Psychology of Success. I invite you to pick one golden nugget that you'd like to apply in your life. Share this episode with a friend on social media and tag me at 11kato. Subscribe and leave us a review. Let me know what you enjoyed about this episode because I love hearing from you guys and what you think. Send me a DM on Instagram with your questions about business or anything we've talked about. Now it's time to get to work. Here's to actualizing our infinite potential one day at a time. This has been a production from a podcast studio.